That was great. Give it up for our shipwrecked contestants one more time. That was so much fun watching them trying to get off that island. It's pretty ridiculous that they were trying to use a kite, right? That's weird, right? Anyone? Yeah, it was weird. Uh, My name is Pastor Josh. I oversee our middle school ministry, and I'm really excited to talk to you all this morning. Good morning, Calvary Church. Uh, When I think of shipwrecks, one of the first things I think of is this. Is anybody else? Right back and you hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard. Anybody know the show? What is it? Okay, yeah. Gilligan's Island. This is what I think of. This is the story of these strangers that go on a three-hour tour, but it turns out that they hit a storm and they end up getting shipwrecked. They're on this island for, for like three years, and their one desire is to be saved. Their desire is to be rescued. Um, if you were on a stranded island, what is one thing that you would want to have with you? Talk to your neighbor. One thing, if you were on a stranded island, what would you want to have with you? I bet we got some good answers out there. I interviewed several students, several kids during VBS, and they had some great answers. One kid said that they would want to have In-N-Out Burger on an island. If they could have one thing, they'd want In-N-Out Burger. Another student said, I would want a baseball field, because obviously that's what you need if you're on stranded on an island. Um, another kid said a puppy, which would be super cute. Um, one person said my mom. That's really great. Everybody loves their moms and dads. Um, And the one kid, which I think is really smart, they said an iPhone with a Wi-Fi hotspot. So I was like, whoa, good answer. Like a first grader. I was like, that's incredible. Um, Today we are going to be looking at this idea that Jesus rescues. Uh, Now we've been in situations that maybe we need rescuing. This is a picture of me right here in Costa Rica. I went to Costa Rica with several of my friends earlier this year. And we did all these cool adventures. We went zip lining through the jungle. We went to this blue river where they said, you're going to go tubing. And I was like, this is awesome. It was like nature's own lazy river, right? Have you guys been on one of those, like at Wild Rivers? You just sit in the, the tube. You cruise around. And then I was thinking, I was like, this is awesome. But I was like, wait a minute. Why am I wearing a helmet? Why do I have elbow pads and knee pads? And I was like, that's weird. And all, all of a sudden, we hit... The chaotic river. People were flipping upside down. People were like, my back. People are like screaming. And it was chaotic. And I was scared. I was like, am I going to survive this? And sometimes that happens. Sometimes storms hit when we least expect it. Sometimes we're just cruising along. And all all of a sudden, we hit chaos. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open up to Acts chapter 27. If you're going to use the Bible in front of you. It looks like this. We're on page 116 in the second half of the Bible. So again, we're at Acts chapter 27, and we're going to start off in verse 13. So let me give you a quick background of what's happening. This is about Paul, and Paul is sailing. He is actually preaching the news about Jesus. He is preaching that Jesus is God. He is preaching that Jesus is the rescuer. And then he's thrown in prison. He's put on trial People are threatening to kill him, and so they decide we need to send Paul from Jerusalem over 
to Rome. So you see in this picture here, he's way over here in Jerusalem, and he needs to end up up here in Rome. And so they set sail, and like anybody on a ship, they're hoping for smooth sailing, when all of a sudden, they hit a giant storm, and let's talk about that right now. So here we go in Acts 27, starting in verse 13. It says, when a moderate south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed or raised the anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. But before very long, there rushed down from the land a violent wind called Euroquilo. And when that ship was caught in it, they could not face the wind. And they gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. In verse 18, it says, the next day, as we were being violently storm-tossed, they began to jettison the cargo, and on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. So imagine this. They're on this cargo ship. They're not prepared for storms. They're taking Paul from Jerusalem to Rome when they hit the storm. They don't know what to do. They start to throw all their cargo overboard. They take all their supplies. They're tossing it. They're hitting the storm that they were not prepared for. And the storm is huge. It's not just like a little storm. This storm is comparison to like a, a typhoon or a hurricane. They were no match for this massive storm. And as I was thinking about it, I thought of this. are facing a huge storm and they don't know what to do. And this is what I'm picturing Paul and the crew are experiencing. They're, they're on their boat. They're trying to get to Rome. And all of a sudden they face this huge, huge wave and these storms and the wind. It says in verse 20 that neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. And then this is so good. It says all hope of being saved was gradually abandoned. They lost all hope. They, they're like, there's no way we're going to make this. There's no way we're going to survive. And I know that sometimes in our lives, we face storms. And the question I want to know is like, what are some of the storms that you have weathered in your life? Think about that. What kind of storms are you facing in your life? Maybe there's been rough waters, storms, chaos, anxiety. We've all been there. Even as kids, we face storms in our lives. I think most of us in a storm would start to freak out. I think most of us would be like, Ah, I'm going to die. But in this situation, I love how Paul responds. Check this out. In verse 22, it says, Yet now I urge you to keep up your courage, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only the ship. And in verse 25, again, he says, Therefore, keep up your courage. Paul is encouraging the crew. He says, Keep up your courage. I am confident that God will save us, that God will protect us. And I love that about Paul, his courage and his trust in God. Because often when I face trials or storms, I freak out. I panic. I try to do things on my own. Kind of like the guys on the island. I was like, what can I do to get out of this situation? I'll build a kite or something. Or I'll throw all my cargo off. I try to figure it out myself. But Paul, he challenges us to trust in God in those storms. Okay, the adventure continues. Check this out. 
the adventure continues, and they're looking for storms. They're looking for anchors in the storm. In verse 27, it says, But when the 14th night came, as we were being driven about by the Adriatic Sea, about midnight, the sailors began to surmise that there was land approaching. They've been in this storm for how long? 14 days. 14 days. They have no sight of stars, no sun. They haven't even eaten. They've been in this storm. Like two weeks ago from today, what were you doing? Two weeks ago, we were loading a bus to go up to Hume Lake. That feels like forever ago. But they've been in a storm for two whole weeks. And then in verse 29, it says, Fearing that they might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors from the stern and wished for daybreak. Now, I think anchors are a cool thing. I'm just curious. Does anybody here have an anchor tattoo? Okay, my good friend Popeye has one. He actually has two. Um, anchors are kind of a cool thing. And I didn't really know much about anchors. And I was like, why are anchors such a big deal? Why do people get anchor tattoos? And anchors for a ship, they allow the, sh- the ship to stay safe and secure, especially in a storm. You can control your ship. You have more control when you use your anchor. And so I was like, so that means that an anchor is a symbol for strength and stability. And tradition has it that when a sailor would cross along the Atlantic for the first time, they would get the anchor as a tattoo, as a sign of their voyage and their, their courage. So I thought that was really cool. And then as we look at this passage, we see that Jesus wants to be the anchor in our lives. Jesus wants to be that thing that offers stability. Jesus wants to be the one that offers us safety. In Hebrews 6, 9, it says, We have hope in Jesus as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Jesus wants to be the anchor in our lives. But often we try to find other things to be the anchors, right? We try to rely on our our own strength, maybe our own finances, our own abilities to survive those storms. So another question is, what do you put your trust in as an anchor? And the truth is, when the storms in our life comes, we need an anchor. And Jesus wants to be the one that rescues you. Jesus wants to rescue you. When they're out on this boat, they are desperate to be rescued. That's the only thing they need. They need to be rescued. And each day during VBS, our kids, they learn different things about how Jesus rescues. You guys, let's go through some of these. And kids, when I read the phrase, I want you to answer Jesus rescues, okay? Here we go. So on Monday, we learned, when you're lonely, great. And then on Tuesday, we learned, when you worry, that's right. On Wednesday, we learned, when you struggle, and then on Thursday, when you do wrong, Okay, last one, you have to be super loud, super loud. When you're powerless, amen. Jesus rescues. Yeah, give it up for those boys and girls. They learned it. So I want to pick up where the story left off. In verse 39, it says, When day came, they could not recognize the land, but they did observe a bay with a beach, and they resolved to drive the ship into it. So when the morning came, they're like, land ho, we see land. We don't know exactly where we are, but we need to get to that beach. And so they finally have hope. We're like, we're saved. And then this is what happens in verse 41. But striking a reef where the two seas meet, they ran the vessel aground, and the 
prow or the front was stuck fast and remained immovable. And the stern or the back was broken by the force of the waves. So they're like, we're saved. We see land. We're going to be rescued. They go to land, but then they get stuck and their boat starts to break and it starts to sink and it starts to fill up with water. And sometimes we feel like we're sinking. Sometimes we feel like our, our ship is going down and we panic and we scream out for help. But often it feels like no one hears us or they don't always understand. And it reminded me of this commercial clip. Das hier ist mein Sektor. Das hier ist das wichtigste Gerät des Küstenwächters. Das Gerät, das Gerät. Überlebensradar. This is the German Coast Guard. We are thinking, we're thinking. What are you thinking about? Sometimes we reach out for help and we're like, I'm sinking, I'm sinking. And then they're like, what are you thinking about? You know, like, no, you don't understand. I'm in trouble, I'm sinking, my boat is falling apart, I need help. And sometimes when I'm struggling, that's the way I feel. Like, nobody gets it. Nobody understands. They don't understand what I'm experiencing. And sometimes, sometimes when we're sinking, and maybe it's not like your boat, but like your life, you feel like you're sinking or you're drowning, we need to get help. We need Jesus to rescue us. And then often when my boat is broken and when I feel like my life is not the way it should look, I often hide it. I don't want people to know about it, so I maybe don't cry out for help. But last week, Pastor Eric challenged us. He said, you know what? When we're struggling, when you don't have it all together, you need to reach out. You need to be honest with God. You need to be honest with others. When you're sinking, that's the time you need to be rescued. You don't have to have a perfect ship. You don't have to have it all together. When you're sinking, you cry out for help. And so finally... The people we're talking about, Paul and the crew, they finally make it to land. They make it to the beach. Their boat is gone, but they either swim ashore or they take boards from the ship and they get ashored. So finally, the storm is over, but now guess what? They're shipwrecked. They are stranded on an island. When I was a kid, one of my favorite films, the Disney classic, Swiss Family Robinsons. Who's seen it? Okay. When I saw this movie, I was like, man, this is awesome. They're shipwrecked. They get to build this cool raft. They get to go ashore. And then guess what they do? They build an incredible tree house. And I was like, I could do this. This would be awesome. And then they get to hang out with animals and do racing and all this cool stuff. I was like, man, I want to be shipwrecked. That sounds awesome. In reality, being shipwrecked is more like the movie Castaway, where Tom Hanks is stranded on an island And he's crying out for help. He builds this sign. He's stranded and he's like, help me. He's all alone. He's counting down the days on how long he's been there and he's lonely. He goes through pain. He has to actually pull out one of his own teeth. And it's just like this this really painful and like heart-wrenching film. And then finally, as years go on, he starts to build a relationship with this volleyball named Wilson. And he's talking to him and he fights with him. And he's so lonely and he's so distraught. And the one thing he wants is to be rescued. And we all need that. We need to be rescued. We experience storms in our lives. 
But even bigger than that, we experience sin in our lives that separates us from God. And we need to be rescued from our sin. And often we go to God as a last resort. But God wants to be number one. He says, come to me. I want to rescue you. I have a verse I want to show that I think is so good. Psalm 34, 17. It says, the Lord hears his people when they call to him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue each time. How cool is that? Jesus says, I want to rescue us. I want to rescue you. And I think that's so encouraging to know that God sees us, God hears us. When we're sinking, when we're facing trouble, when we're struggling with our sin, God hears and sees us. And he says, I want to rescue you. Sin is something that we've struggled since the beginning. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All have sinned, you, me. We fall short of God's glory. We have sinned. In Romans 6.23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. We deserve death, but God offers a solution through his son, Jesus. And then Romans 10.9, it says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God offers this amazing invitation. God says, I see you struggling. I see you sinking. I see you stranded on that island, and I want to rescue you. I know you don't deserve it, but I care about you. I love you. Another verse is Galatians 1.4. It says, Jesus gave his life for our sins. Just as God the Father had planned, in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. God had a plan all along. He knew we were doomed to be shipwrecked. He knew that we were doomed to sink and face storms. But God had a plan, and that was to send his only son, Jesus, to rescue us. And I want you to think about that for a minute. Where are you in this scenario? Do you need to be rescued still? Are you like Tom Hanks, stranded on that island, alone, tired, frustrated? Do you need to be rescued? Because God offers you that. God wants to rescue you. I want to pray for you. And if you want to pray with me, you can. But I want to pray that we will be rescued. If you want to put your trust in Jesus, that he will rescue you. Let's pray this together. So let's bow our heads. God. Thank you so much for being a God that sees us and hears us. You know the storms that we're facing. You know when we are beaten, broken. You see that we are shipwrecked and in desperate need of a rescuer. God, our sin separates us from you and isolates us from relationship with you. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to rescue us from our sin and our struggles. Today, we confess that Jesus is Lord and that we need to be saved. Thank you for loving us so much. Help us to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made a decision to follow the Lord today, if you made a decision to be rescued, I just want to say congratulations. Praise the Lord. That is exciting. Here at Calvary, 
we say we want to be better together. We want to support you. If you have more questions or if you made a decision, I encourage you to take the card in front of you and fill that out and just say, hey, I made a decision today. And when the offering comes around, you can put that in there. We want to come alongside you. Now that you're rescued, you're not alone. We want to support you. We want to walk with you. We want to pray with you. We know that we still face storms. We still have struggles. But Jesus is our rescuer. So just a reminder, the offering is going to be coming around. If you want to make a gift in God's name, you can do that. Um, Or if you made a decision, put your card in there. Let me pray for the offering, and then we're going to worship the Lord through music. Jesus, again, we thank you for being a big, big God. We thank you for saving us from our sin and rescuing us. We want to honor you with our financial gifts. We want to honor you with our lives, and we want to worship you with these songs. In your name we pray, amen.